and I believe you have a message that says John is recording. I don't even. I'm. I don't know. Sweet. All right. Well, let's go ahead and rock and roll then. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. Usually on my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel, and he is home. I think, because I just got home from work. No joke. I just walked in the door right now from work, and he was in the shower. And I was like, hey, son, what's up? I'm going to go talk to Mercedes. And he was like, hi, daddy. Uh, and he's my six-year-old son, and he is the assistant engineer on the podcast. Maybe he'll poke his head down. Hopefully he does. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, today on the Rock and Roll Podcast, we have the White Swan, who has a new EP called Nocturnal Transmission, and it was released on September 18th digitally and then on vinyl via War Crime Recordings. Right now, I'm being joined by Mercedes to share some more information about this beautiful EP. No joke, uh, Mercedes, I actually listened to it on the way home in the car today. Good. Yeah. And I don't do that often for bands. I really don't. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. Because I remember it being pretty groovy when I was checking it out the first time, and it is groovy, so. Good. Well, I'm glad you got a double dose, so you got to get a little more fam- familiar with it. Um, mm. Tell me about how you feel. How do you feel about this? I just did something. Um, let me, oh, that's what I did. Sorry. Uh, how do I feel about it? Well, that's really interesting. There's something deeply sexual about the record, I feel. <laughs> really? Something incredibly, even though even the words nocturnal transmission, I think of for some strange reason. Uh, what's that thing called when guys let go in the middle of the night? That would be a nocturnal emission. There you go. Yes. Not a transmission, an emission. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, that that definitely. Th- Pelvic that- sorcery. Yeah. Well, that's not from that's not on that record. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Different record. But. But yeah, I can understand that. I I feel like the the underlying theme of the of of nocturnal transmission is more like you know like love and stuff like that. But I I'm sure you know uh, jizzing in your sleep is not necessarily something I talk I I you know not something I'm touching on. But you know that can happen. Hmm. Well, yeah, so the record's about love. I read that. It's about rituals. I read that. I read that it's about a journey that you went on that culminated in what I'm speculating is the guitar that is on the very record of which we chat. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, I met my husband. I think it kind of travels through like me like meeting my husband and stuff like that a little bit. And uh the last record touched on that a little bit, but I feel like this was more like focused on what actually like, you know, not that it's a concept record because it's not, but there is definitely um, some underlying themes. And on top of that, yeah, I got my guitar. He built me a, uh, my purple uh, baritone Telecaster, which is super cool. And it's on the record too, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Is, is that what... The track purple is? Uh, no, but um, I was like, what am I going to call this song? And I was like, uh, he built me a purple guitar. Uh, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> so that's easy. And it's interesting, too, because that was definitely a working title. Uh, but it just kind of stuck. In nowhere in that song do I say the word purple. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that works. I mean, I guess lyrically, is it about something other uh, than the color purple? Um, it, it's just, uh, it's about kind of, uh, um, 
kind of learning that uh, that basically you're staring into the unknown. Uh, you're looking at the unknown, and there's so many wonderful things that are happening. Quite positive stuff, and uh, it's just kind of like a celebration of like all the positivity uh, um, and how. Uh, maybe sometimes that stuff, that positivity can be a little bit suffocating, but in a good way, if that makes sense. I can't breathe with all this unknown. It's great. Yeah, right. <laughs> Perfect. Well, one of the things as I was uh, listening to uh, it in the car, because initially I think I listened to it on my AirPods. Usually I just put AirPods in while I'm going through emails and listening to tracks and I give people like two seconds because I have 100 emails a day to go through. Um. And maybe I noticed it, maybe I didn't. But in the car, I definitely noticed it. Uh, you know, a little mix thing there. Speaking of which, what do you tune to? Is it like Z sharp or Z uh, flat? Like Yeah, exactly. So drop Z. Uh, so we're actually drop A, um, which is, I mean, like there are bands now that are doing like drop E and drop drop D, if that makes sense. Like playing like 30-inch baritones and like, taking like standard tuning and then dropping it down and a whole octave. It's a bass at that point. Am I wrong? You see, these are my sentiments. <laughs> um, Why well, so even you, have the bass player? I guess, I guess to bring girls to the show. Yeah. Right. Um, so you would use like a, it, that would be like a bass six, you know, like that you would use. Um, and uh, yeah. So completely weird, right? Yeah. Well, then speaking of the bass, speaking <laughs> of the bass, uh, that first track, it kicks in and I'm like, that bass is amazing. I mean, it's definitely got some hair on it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I, the, I think the nice thing about uh, working with Siegfried uh, on this record is that him and I have worked together on so many different projects and so many different things that he really gets me, if that makes sense. Uh, he understands exactly what I'm going for. So, like, when I do something, he's like, oh, okay, I get it. And he'll, like, you know, uh, he'll he'll do the thing that I want him to do, and I don't even have to tell <laughs> Uh But, you know, that's what happens when you have, like, a almost 20-year working relationship with somebody, right? So... Um, he, uh, he did an amazing job on the record and, you know, I think it's, it's kind of really nice that he understands me and he understands what I'm going for and, uh, hell yeah, he did an amazing job. And I was like, let's just make this bass really dirty. And he was like, say no more. Say no more. What is really, like really dirty. Like it's beyond dirty. Like I, wow. Um, <laughs> Well, that's cool. So then did you because I wanted to talk about the production of it because the production sounds absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, there's all kinds of things I'm hearing these days that bands are doing, especially with what's going on this year is recording in their home studios and then sending it off. So did you record somewhere and then send off like raw tracks to Siegfried and then he reamped everything and did everything or what? What did you, I guess, give him? So this record was actually, we sat on it for a long time because everything kind of went to shit after we got the record back. So uh, we recorded this in December of 2019. So everything was still normal then. <laughs> I, what do you mean? I don't understand. It, it, right? There was no, there was no COVID. We weren't uh, 
So we went into the Siegfried studio and we recorded everything that way. Um, so we didn't like, you know, uh, we didn't send any tracks back and forth or anything like that. We did it the old fashioned way. Wow. Well, that's cool. I mean, maybe take us through that. Is there a silly question, Mercedes, but just for the sake of conversation. Sure. Is there a difference between sitting there with him recording the old fashioned way versus in your own time in between not burning craft dinner or something? Not that you would burn craft dinner, but you know what I mean? Like at home on your own time, getting some tracks done and kicking them off. You know, um, I'm, I, I feel like if we recorded kind of in, in the way, like where, you know, I'm just doing it home studio style, I feel like I would pick it apart too much and it would lose a lot of the spontaneity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If you have, because I do have a recording set up here that, uh, like, I demo with a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like I wouldn't want to record an entire record that way because, you know, magic happens sometimes with mistakes. And I feel like that wouldn't happen. And I'd just continuously be like, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Whereas if you're in a studio, it has to be good enough at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so I feel like recording and on your own time, kind of takes away the spontaneity of it. Um, but I, I, I don't know, like I've never actually recorded a record that way, but I feel like because of the person that I am, I would just, it would, I'd give, I'd give somebody whoever I decided to, you know, like mix and master and like, you know, edit stuff. I'd give them probably like 300 tracks and be like, have fun. And they'd be like, see you in six months. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, what does this track mean? Underscore bip this, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it would just be like, I would, I wouldn't know how to handle it. Like I, I need somebody to tell me, okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Cause like I, I would, I would just, I would go nuts and pick everything apart and, and then it would never get done. That would be terrible. Now I'm looking at it on the internet. Is it beach road studios with the big red wall? Yeah. Now that looks sexy. It is actually the sexiest place. Siegfried is actually the sexiest um, producer slash engineer slash studio owner in the universe. He does have a good look to him. This picture on Wikipedia where it's like black and white and he's kind of looking away and he's got that hair wisping in his face and the I got to look at his Wikipedia page now because yeah, the, the 730 shadow. It's like beyond five o'clock shadow. It's like 730. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's this photo. Yeah. Uh, when you Google him, he's got some he's got some good pictures up there. His hair is a lot longer now. Okay. Yeah. Initially, it said Germany, and I was like, "Oh, so you flew to Germany?" But I guess he moved to Canada at some point. Yeah. He actually he lives in Goderich. I don't know if you've ever been to Goderich, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Beautiful little town. His family has a farm. Uh, they came here in the eighties uh, from Germany, and uh, they have a farm here, and uh, or in Goderich, uh, just outside of Goderich, rather. And uh, he built his studio there, and it's a wonderful, beautiful place. And anybody that lives in this general area, I recommend going there. Okay. Perfect. 
Uh, I've speculated he has a website. People are are they're doing it right now. They're looking into it. Yeah, they can just you know Google Beach Road Studios or Siegfried Meyer, and you'll you'll find them pretty easily. <laughs> okay, perfect. Now something that else that you had mentioned was that things went askew this year, and you mentioned that you had recorded the record by December, so you had big, grandiose plans for what was going to happen. And I'm speculating on some level that it didn't happen. So I guess take us through, how did this year turn out for you? Did it end up being a blessing in disguise in some way? Was it just total shit from beginning to end? Well, it hasn't really ended yet, unfortunately. I feel like, uh, you know, we started off the year uh, pretty great. Uh, We had uh, finished recording by the end of December. Uh, and, uh, by, you know, we ended up getting the record back from Siegfried by, you know, February. I told him, take your time. You know, we got all the time in the world, not knowing that we actually would have all of the time in the world. Um, you know, uh, but, um, so when, after, you know, we got the record back in February, uh, March rolls around and, uh, you know, everything shuts down and um, we sat on the record for quite a while because we didn't know what to do, right? Like we had been like, okay, well, we're going to release this record and who knows? We, I think we were talking about like April or May. And then um, we kind of were just like, well, we don't know what to do because, you know, we can't play shows, there's no there's no live shows. That's like the main way of um, you know promoting a, a new record. Uh, so we kind of sat on it for a little bit, and you know, I was just like, I gotta get this record out uh, so I can just move on. <laughs> so I called up my good friend Steve, and I was like, Hey, you want to do another record? And he was like, Yeah, sure. And then uh, and then so we started uh, putting everything together. Um, once that had uh, kind of happened and uh, and we picked a release date and, uh, you know, him and I talked about it a little bit and he was just like, you just got to create lots of content. And I was like, you know what, I can do that for you. Um, and uh, I have, uh, you know, I don't have any extracurricular activities right now, so I can do all the interviews. Uh, <laughs> so that's basically what, have you, what we've been uh, doing since um, I think when we uh, announced the release of the record in August. So, uh, so far, so good. Yeah. Well, Gabriel just showed up. You want to say hi, son? Hey. Hello. This is Mercedes. You want to say hi to Mercedes? Hey. Oh, that sounded exactly like the last hey. Okay. Well, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, sweet. Like He's not like on a, a like a record like you're hitting play on a recorder. Uh, well, I mean, we're getting pretty high tech these days in Edmonton. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> groovy. So you mentioned that you're doing some interviews, and that leads me into my my next question, which is, you know, a lot of bands have been doing all sorts of things, from underwear giveaways to live streams to acoustic sets to uh, starting their own interviews. Uh, a band interviewed their own members uh, because they hadn't seen each other for a couple of months. And then they were like, hey, what have you been up to? You know what? Let's film it and put it on YouTube. Uh, so I guess my question then is, so just you've been doing some interviews and you know, picked a date to release the record. And have you been doing anything else with regard to the 
unusual circumstances of coronavirus? Yeah, like we're lucky here, uh, you know, and I know that you guys, we we got into stage two and then stage three pretty quick. Um, so we were able to film some uh, some uh, vi- videos for um, the two singles that we're releasing. And one of them has already come out. So um, In Love and Ritual came out uh, in August. And then we're going to put out another video, you know, shortly. Other than that, um, just lots of promotion and stuff like that. We've I've filmed, a, you know, some interview stuff, um, quick rundown of songs, which is always awkward because it's basically me just talking into a camera. Um, I always feel like a little weird uh, when, you know, I'm filming stuff myself because I'm not answering a question to some like a human face. If that makes sense, or like, <laughs> so it's just like uh, I just have to pretend like I'm talking to somebody. Um, so I'm sure everyone will see that and be like, "Well, that was weird." Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, we're just you know, um, hopefully, uh, maybe put something something together where we can um, record separately or whatnot, and. Um, put together maybe a live stream or something. I know that there's a couple bands that we normally play with that are looking to do that as well. So if we all kind of get in on it, I think that would be super cool. Mm-hmm. As long as it's, what did, what did Mr. Ford say? No more than 20, no, 10 people inside, 25 people outside. Is that the latest? I, I believe that's a thing that probably, that sounds right. I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, I uh, I don't really leave my house at all. So uh, other than to ride my bike and like if I have to go buy cat food. So I just, you know, I've been using Instacart a lot. I don't know if you guys have that there. Do you use Instacart there? Uh, well, we buy our groceries online and I go pick it up. Um, same thing. Yeah, okay. I except Instacart, the lady delivers it, which is super cool because that means I don't have to get up. From my couch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Instacart.ca grocery deliveries near me in Edmonton, AB. That's me. Did I just change your life? You might have. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, TNT, Staples, Loblaws, Walmart. Co- no, Costco. No. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Oh, man. I just, you know what? I, I, the only thing that sucks though is I, I, they, they don't, you don't get your Costco points. <clears throat> Like a like a the platinum membership, but if you collect PC plus points, which uh, we do, with the, they will apply them to your uh, PC plus card. Okay, because even cause we have the the Costco Mastercard, and we're gonna get already as it is like a hundred bucks back, and that doesn't even include our membership. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. As soon as my my wife was like, so. Add on those points. I'm like, oh, let me go tell you. And I told her, and she was like, that is amazing. And she started doing a dance. And I was like, this is married life right here. When it happens when you get married, you get excited about stuff like that. So yeah. I, I completely understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just noticed because I was, you know, cruising through uh, Siegfried's website that you are a part of some drum sample packs that he yeah. has. Yeah, yeah. I that was a while ago too, but. Um, yeah, he has, uh, 
He has uh, sampled my drums and uses them uh, for his drum packs, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, dude, Siegfried's great. Uh, cool. He always likes to. He always involves uh, everyone, which is super nice, um, especially because we've been working together for so long, right? So. Yeah, well, I was going to ask, and this is kind of a weird question. I don't know how you would answer it. But basically my question, my thinking is, why? What, what is so special about sampling you or your drums? Well, uh, I think they sound, on the records that I've worked with with SIG, I think the drums sound pretty great. So for somebody so the- that's a home studio that wants to replicate those sounds, uh, that's a great way to do that, right? So are I... It's going to sound bad, uh, but I figured there were samples on the EP, but that's that's you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all me. Okay. Well, then those are great sounds. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> oh, now my next question is, since you had all the time in the world, I guess, did you think about maybe going back and recording another four tracks and coming out with something more full or... Why an EP, I guess? Uh, with EPs, we can release them at a, um, I guess, uh, faster. You can release them faster, um, more frequently. It's just kind of, I find it releasing a couple songs once a year or twice a year kind of keeps people engaged rather than, like, just releasing 12 songs and then, you know, taking another, like, you know, year and a half or two years or whatever, you constantly have something to promote if you keep releasing EPs, basically. And you constantly have, you know, uh, something to to promote and something, you know, that people are going to be interested in and talking about, you know? Yeah. Now, this is kind of an interesting question since you mentioned that uh, and you've been involved in the music industry for quite some time. So I just wanted to bend on that, for example, did doing full albums in the past, say, 20 years ago-ish, 15, 20 years ago, was that more of a thing than it is now? Has it, or I guess maybe take us through that. I feel, you know, for me, I don't know, because there's there's two different kinds of people that listen to music. There's people that don't care about tangible stuff. And they, you know, uh, download and stream stuff. And then there's people that are collectors and that really, you know, still care about having a physical copy of a record, whether that be, you know, on vinyl or um, tape. <laughs> Listen, we did a run of tapes. No, you didn't. Anubis, yeah. And they sold out. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> I had a band offer once to send me a cassette and I said, and what would you like me to play it on? My car doesn't even have a CD player anymore. Like give me the Spotify link. Right. So tapes are making a comeback, man. (laughs) uh, But, uh, but yeah, no, it's crazy because, you know, there's those two different kinds of people and, you know, for us, we kind of have to cater to both of them. Right. Um, I can understand how somebody that's buying a vinyl would, how they would want, um, you know, to have a full record that they can hold in their hands and they can page through the booklet or, you know, whatever medium they decide to purchase the album in. Um, But, I mean, and I get that too, because I'm totally that person that wants, 
you know, to hold something in my hand. I have lots of vinyl and stuff like that. And uh, I have a ton of CDs that I haven't looked at since I moved to this house. They're in a box still, but I have them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> haven't gotten rid of them. So it's, you know, it's just one of those things, right? Like there's two different schools of people, I think. And I think, you know, as a musician, you kind of got to give uh, people a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. How do you feel the record translates to to vinyl? Because listening to it in the car, there's a lot of low end. Yes. So um, we had a special master done for the vinyl. Uh, Sigfried did a vinyl master, which is super cool. And uh, last time I heard it, which was when we did the test press, I haven't even like listened to like the actual real life copy of it yet, uh, but the test press sounded amazing. Cool. So, uh, it translates very well. I recommend if you do have a record player, check it out. Um, but you know, just get ready to turn it up really loud, and mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, and annoy your neighbors. Hmm. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Groovy. All right. Well, um, I don't believe I have any other questions. Was there anything that you wanted to chat about that I did not bring up? And you're like, man, I really hope it's been ages since I last chatted with John. I hope he asks me about. <laughs> and then. No, not really. Uh, other than I feel like people should go check out uh, our band camp. Um, uh, thewhitesquan.bandcamp.com and other than that uh, you know enjoy uh, enjoy music get out of here where are you going? Uh, sorry I have a cat that was being bad um, <laughs> right? Not a, oh my god I was about to say bad kitty and then I realized that's kind of a bad like a double bad joke but anyway <laughs> he's bad anyway um, yeah, people just need to go check out our band camp, um, you know, if they're interested. And uh, that would be thewhiteswan.bandcamp.com. They can also check us out on Spotify or anywhere, basically, that you stream stuff. There's our stuff on YouTube. Basically, anywhere that you feel like you're like where you go to buy or listen to music, you're going to find the White Swan. Bum, bum, bum. Right? Yeah. I was going to ask why you think In Love and Ritual is the number one track on Spotify, but it's probably because it was released as a, as a single. Yeah, it was released first. Yeah. It just got there first. It got there first, yeah. All right. Well, lady, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. You're very welcome, and uh, thank you for having me. I uh, always enjoy chatting. <laughs>